Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Good to be back with you again. Uh, we have been on a little bit of a break as we did P4C and then recruited after the fact. <laughs> I always tell people I need that week afterwards, uh, which was last week, to just get didn't hurt back yeah. into the groove. We put a um, lot of energy in Yeah, that. a lot. A lot of energy. It was a good more week. ways than one. Yeah, yeah, it was a good week. A good group. Um, the Lord worked. A lot of good testimonies from that. We look forward to sharing with people as we move toward the holiday season. So be paying attention to those things. Um, but as we brought our series to a close on the church and also taught on the theme of P4C regarding seeking and having a relationship with Christ, it has us thinking, how can we be the church today? And I think that's a phrase you used. And and how can we have fellowship with one another as we should while walking with Christ? So think about it. We've been studying church history, the ebbs and flows, the goods, the bads. And then we went into P4C talking about um, seeking Christ and having a relationship with Him. And it's like, okay, how does the church have fellowship with one another as they have fellowship with God? Right. And so these next two weeks, before we start to jump into the holiday specials that we'll be doing, um, we're just <clears> going to do a two-part ser- series on fighting for fellowship in the church. Very practical. Um, and, and you said it this way. We're going to define, or we need to define fellowship, and we're going to define what that looks like within the church. So as we start off here, and before we and, jump into and our... if I could just say with that introduction, is this: these things don't happen if we don't fight for them. And we right. know what we mean by fight for them. We struggle for them. We work for them. We, we seek be them. the change we want yeah. to be. Yeah. Or see, I should say. <clears throat> um, so let's define fellowship. What is fellowship? Because the problem is, most of the time, if you've grown up in church... You have a certain idea of what you think fellowship is. If you it happens in a particular place in the church called right. Fellowship Hall. Right. Well, or if you haven't grown up in church, then you're not really sure what that even means at all. Right. Maybe it's just hanging out with your friends. But it's not a potluck. If you if you know what that is, you used to, everybody used to bring a, a bowl or something. It's turned in or a casserole or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd all have And eat church and, provides a meat. And yeah, drinks. and we would eat, and that would be called fellowship. Well, fellowship <laughs> might happen there, but that's not fellowship. No. So so let's define it before we jump in talking about how we fight for it. Well, um, maybe we should just go back uh, to when the church existed and the word that was used. That It was used <clears throat> for, for our purposes, at least in two ways. It was a, it was a koinonia or koine. Is the word and right. the the root of that meaning is common, that which is common, hmm. and and it could be common in the sense that it's sort of universal, or common in the sense that it's not, um, it's not, um, uh, what's the word for, um, in in it's not in the upper echelons of things. It's gotcha. common. Um, Koine Greek was the language of the New Testament. Koine Greek was different than classical Greek. Classical Greek was more in the artiste and the upper echelons. But Koine Greek was the Greek of the common man. The New Testament was written in Koine Greek. The word koinonia, which is derived from Koine, is the word we translate fellowship. And its simplest meaning is common. So So that which is common among us? Yeah. Well, it's it's commonness. Like, uh, for instance... um, 
the idea of companionship, the idea of uh, sharing, mutual sharing mm-hmm. uh, of experiences, of activity, of interest, of life. Uh, so it can be sharing food, but you probably should be doing more than just sharing food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Food's part of it. Right, right, right. And it's more than just bringing it all together for a meal, right. which, by the way, some of that happened in the New Testament surrounding the, uh, the um, Lord's Supper, the communion. And they did have a coin a meal or a agape feast, right? But in one particular instance in Corinth, in Corinth, the some people, the nobodies, the not so cool people, got left out, right? And other people had their food. And so, so some, some things have never changed. Some ate, some didn't. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, so the idea here of a fellowship is a group of people with the same interest, brotherhood commonness so that's that's so we're sharing our life together which we're going to talk about we're going to get into that we're sharing our maybe our resources together could be our home we bring people in and fellowship with one another and talk about the things of god and right and and connect on the things of god and the question i want to ask if you're listening to this podcast and if you're thinking in terms of fighting for fellowship of the church is what do we have in common Mm. and And do we we have enough in common and if we don't yeah okay there's a problem yeah what is common to us? Well, I do think working through these things, and there's going to be eight things, which we'll divide over a two-part series over the next couple right. of weeks. Um, but I do these these things will help us define what should be common among us. Right. So that's where we're going to go and with that. And what will bring about this commonness we see. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so we've defined fellowship biblically as we look at it. But let's expand upon that, obviously, and, and bring some application to bear Upon that, and so the first thing I'm not, I mean, I'm going to go into a list of things. We're just going to kind of reveal them as we walk through them here. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is congregation. So how does congregation, the idea of congregation, which may have some presuppositions for other people, yeah, but how does congregation fit with this idea and concept of fellowship? Well, when we say congregate. We typically understand that we mean to gather, to get together. Congregation. So a group of people. Yeah, a congregation is a group of people that gather. Um, So this whole idea of corporateness, Mm. uh, not just singularity, autonomy. Uh, There is autonomy, but but that's that's other than corporateness, as we're talking about. So so anybody who's been listening to to Crosstalk for a long period of time, maybe even a short period of time, knows how we feel about the local church. Right. Okay. But I do think it bears some repeating of what we're talking about in regards to an assembly yeah. or a congregation. So theologically, what does that mean? Well, if you want to go back again <clears throat> to what the word they would have used at, in the early church, first century church, uh, for church was ecclesia. And the word ecclesia in its uh, simplest form is a called out assembly. Mm. And so it was an a assembly. A local assembly. <clears throat> yeah, it was often used yeah. of the local governmental assembly like right. a like – a, a city council. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, so the idea of assembly is there. For the church, the church is a special or called out assembly, called out of the world, called out of culture and society to be its own particular assembly. So you think about Passion for Christ, which we just finished up. Right. We congregated there. We In did. fact, we even say we come together. Yeah. We talk about we that. We assemble. But that's not the congregating we're necessarily talking about. No, that's about. not the local church. In fact, we've told our attendees this is not the church this is an expression of the church and right. you all are an expression of the church and we do many of these things we're talking about there yeah, but your attachment right um ecclesiologically church wise is not to be to us but the problem is is all of us are not going to stay in that area and continue to do that week no, in and week home. out yeah so it's like we're having a microcosm of just a few days of what we should be doing yeah over a period of life and so it's a local assembly mm. it's interesting that 
<clears throat> most Christians who know their Bible very much are familiar with Hebrews 10, 12, 25, uh, in which the writer talks about the importance of exhorting one another and so forth, and, then he, and we'll get to that in a moment. But he says, not forsaking the assembly or assembling of ourselves together, together as is the matter of some, but so much, but but coming together, exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ or the day of the return of Christ or whatever. So there it is. Don't stop assembling. Don't forsake assembling. That doesn't mean, obviously, if you're sick when you get up, you didn't sin because you didn't assemble. What it does mean is we just don't do it. We it's a part don't of our pattern regularly of life. assemble. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think about this because one of the things is getting people to show up to anything in church sometimes can just be difficult. Really? Yeah. But wow, I think that's where our lot, mindset man. has to change. It's not like you're never going to miss. I mean, we missed our local assembly when we yeah. went to Passion for Christ, okay? So there's times you miss. But the goal, the heart should be, if the doors are open and then the church is doing it and we're coming together, we should be there. Right. Now, maybe there's a reason. We're sick, uh, got in the way of an anniversary. Yeah. I, I don't know. We're, something's going on. Life life happens. That's not what we're talking about. The question is, but, what's your habit? What's your habit? What's your consistent yeah. habit? Yeah. And you can't have anything in common if you don't congregate. That's the beginning point. Right. Just faithfulness. Got to come together. Faithfulness to the regularly called meetings. Which is why, like, Zoom and Facebook and uh, all these social media outlets <clears throat> and just w- web in general doesn't get the job done. Social it, media does not beget fellowship. Neither having church online. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. And we just right. came out of the pandemic, right. so I think exactly. that's a huge one to think about. Get yourself, <clears throat> get your body in the door. Take the dairy and sit it people. in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Find you a spot and be with the people of God. Right. Okay, so congregate is one of the ways we can have things common. It's kind of the starting point. Yeah. All right. What about worship? That is another word that I think conjures <clears throat> up so many misconceptions of what worship is and is not. Well, we shouldn't assume that because people congregate or assemble right. and come into the same place that they are worshiping, and we shouldn't assume that because they are congregating and assembling, they're worshiping together. You know, we come – We people say, well, I can worship out in the great outdoors. I believe you can. Absolutely. But it's not the same thing. No. I, I give an illustration. I may have given this before. My dad and I used to go fishing together. And one Sunday, now back then, most evangelical churches had Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday right. night. So we had, had we had been to church on Sunday morning. We got home on Sunday afternoon. We got together all the stuff for fishing, and we went to go fishing at our lake about an hour away. And we're out there on the lake with our hook in the water and our pole in our hand. And my dad looked at me and said, I, I don't feel good about this. I said, yeah, no. He because said, there was a service that night. Yeah. yeah. We missed, we skipped service. Right. And people take issue with that. Say, right. Well, you know, you're That's there legalistic. Most yeah. But he said, uh, we're not doing this again. I said, I'm good with that. And, yeah. You know. Well, I think knowing my grandfather and his heart, he wanted to be there. He wanted to be with he, people. It was his responsibility to right. meet with the people. But here's the thing. We may gather and not be together. Hmm. Now that's well, that's, that's, a, that's a good that, distinction. In other words, if we are gathered, then being together takes intentionality. Well, and I'll be honest. There's been times I've been with people, but I was not You're being not intentional. <laughs> you weren't with them. Exactly. You know, it happens. It, it, I think we can all appreciate right. that. But why does Paul say in Colossians and Ephesians, 
that we are to sing to one another. I was going to say that. You stole it. Oh, well. got it. Go for it. But <laughs> no, you know no, what no, I'm no. saying. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, it's, it's, people say, no, I'm singing to the Lord. It's just me and the Lord. No, it isn't just you and the Lord. It isn't just me and the Lord. Right. It's us well, and the Lord. Well, and to testify or give a testimony of that, there are times I've come from a, a hard week maybe struggled with a sin in my life or just discouraged or whatever. And there's been times where the singing of God's people begin, uh, and it's yeah. it's overwhelming. Yeah. But the truth that's being sung and the people that are proclaiming yeah. together who our God is, there is nothing like it. I've had I'm this, just going to say, there's nothing like it. There is not. And I've had this discussion. And, it's and powerful. And people I, I just, who know you know, me. I don't want to overuse that word, but yeah, it's powerful. It is. There yeah. is. It is powerful. And it's not just powerful emotionally. It is that. Uh, but I told you know, God gave me a voice. I enjoy singing. And I, I tell people, I said, well, I, I, sing, I, no, I sing louder than anybody around me. <laughs> Most people know when I'm in the place. Yeah. I sing. But, you know, I love to sing the song, the hymns of God, the, the word of God. And I love, I think if you can sing, now if you can't sing, maybe you sing a little lower. But, Sing to your brothers and sisters. I don't know. I've said I've said in front of people and people behind me, <clears throat> they can't sing, and that's okay. But they sing with all their heart. I got a good friend of mine yeah. can't tear a tune in a bucket, yeah. but he sings his heart out. And thank <clears throat> and I heard, the Lord. Oh, my friends gonna be texting, going, "So who is that?" <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I've had brothers and sisters like that in my church when I was younger, and. Anyway, we're to worship together. This worship is not just me coming to church, doing my thing, or just leaving, singing. getting out the back doors quickly yeah. as possible, and not talking to anybody. We are together. We are to ascribe <clears throat> to the worthiness of God together. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so congregate. We worship together when we congregate. And that can take on different forms. It could be the preaching of God's word. It could be singing. It could be engaging with one another yep. and proclaiming the goodness yeah. of God in our lives. So it, it takes on different forms. And we're not necessarily talking about worship. So we're just giving overviews Do here. Do not forsake it. Um, how about the ordinances? I think this one here could probably be overlooked pretty well. We go, yeah, okay, we get together. Yeah, we worship together. What do you mean? How do the ordinances play into this idea of fellowship? I think the reason the ordinances often slip by people is that they become ritualistic. They become a habit, but not worship. <clears throat> and well, we just did it this past Sunday. We did, and, and uh, both ordinances, yes, Lord's Supper which and was baptism, super cool. And the, I, uh, the, the testimony of, of the college student who was given was just, yeah, it was. I mean, the guy was an atheist. Yeah. Now he knows Christ. Lord brought him to faith Praise in Christ. God, his life know. changed. His whole yeah. Now here's the thing: some people who are not of a Baptistic background might not recognize ordinances. Most will, I think, but some will use the term sacraments. I, Baptists have tended to to steer away from sacraments right. because it kind of reeks of salvation in them. Right. But well, it, it conjures up the, the Catholicism, yeah. Of but the it past doesn't. Or I mean, a lot present. of our brothers in Presbyterian life and other places use the term sacraments, yeah. Lutherans and others. <clears throat> but having said that, when we take the Lord's Supper, we're not just uh, doing some symbolic thing. It is that, but it's not just that. I mean, we are remembering the Lord's death until he comes. Mm. We are confessing our sins to him, and we are examining our lives to see if there's offenses with brothers and sisters. We are going through something right. that is 
personal when we're by ourselves, but it's corporate when we're together. And so the Lord's Supper is very integral in the in the fellowship of the church. If it, it, think it through, right? Worship and then watching, being baptized and watching someone being baptized, seeing them <clears throat> buried together with Christ and raised to walk in a new life. We need to think through these things. If these verses are in our minds, or turn to them and read them as you're, as you're watching this. <clears throat> well, I think the church needs to remember. In our modern era, we lose sight of this. But things that are symbolic have always been used to remember throughout history. Yes. And I'm not talking about just on a Christian level. I'm talking about purely on a secular level. Statues. Societies, yeah. cultures yeah. have used things to remember things. And and you're like you said, it could be statues, it could be actual services, if you want to call them that, or something. Yeah. You know, every Fourth of July, there are particular <clears throat> remembrances where reenactments are done, or where certain uh, guards will do certain acts or in sing order in to certain re- songs. sing in certain songs, yeah. and and that helps us remember things that we should remember. We should I, not forget. And so, I like what I like to say is, we want serious participation. In the ordinances, as opposed to ritualism, mm. just habit. Because if it's ritualistic, now our heart's in the wrong place. You remember uh, when the children of Israel went across the Jordan into the Promised Land, and they got across, <clears> and then <throat> the Lord told Joshua, "Have the heads of the tribes bring a stone, and they stack up these stones." Now years are going to pass by, and your children are going to say, oh, what, yeah. "What in the world is that stack right. of stones there for?" And you will say to them, "Oh." We crossed that's, this that's river, when, that's and God when. opened yeah. it up for us. It was the flood time. Water was everywhere. Yeah. But God told us to go through. When the priest stepped in the water, it spread open, and God led us through. And not only did he do that, he gave us the land, like he promised. Yeah. This is what we do. Your children say, yeah. what is that person getting all wet for? What Do I get to do that? Right. Or can I be baptized? You know, it's an opportunity. Well, and I think we're forgetful people. Because of our sinfulness, we forget a lot. Yeah, so we do. So why would we not want to have things that help us remember as we congregate together and worship and remember him? Yeah. Do this in remembrance right. of me. Lest we forget. Yeah. Um, this next one here kind of changes courses just a little bit, but it's the it's this idea of time. When we talk about time – in the in the whole idea of fighting for fellowship, what do we mean by that? I think there's a lot that can go into that. Well, you know, when you try to define time, that's a tough definition. <laughs> but I, I'm going to define it here for our purposes, and I think it's, it's some haven't used this concept that time equals life. Right. So time is the passage of life. So yeah. as we walk through life, let me ask it this way. Deuteronomy 6, as you walk in the way, talk with your children about these things. Yeah. Is that is that kind of the concept yeah, we're talking about? Yeah, it's this about? idea of life passing and stuff happens. Okay, and uh, so where is our life lived? Then where's our time spent? When we say where's my time spent, where's my life lived is what we're saying, right? Where am I living my life? Well, we live it at work, <clears throat> we live it at home, school, we live it at school. But where should a good chunk of our life be lived? And I'm saying if we want fellowship, genuine fellowship among the people of God, we've got to live life in the church. Yeah. I don't mean we have to be at the building 100% like 50% of the, of the time or whatever, but we do need to be participating in and living our life in the things that happen among the people of God. 
I think some of the things we'll talk about in part two will touch upon what I'm about to say, but I do think this idea of hospitality requires time. It does. That's true. Anytime you're hospitable, anytime you engage with people over food, because Mm -hmm. food is a great unifier. (laughs) It really is. Um, Good food anyway. Uh, But anytime you come together, you break bread, there's something symbolic about that. And you come together and you engage with one another and have conversations it takes time. It does. And it also takes resources. It does. Yep. That's part of the fight. Like most of us, if we're gonna be selfish, we'll just hold on to it ourselves. Yeah, we just do our thing. We got television, we got stuff, we got the computer, we got the kids. We got- I-, I told my wife this the other day we were talking. You guys kept William as our anniversary weekend we were celebrating. And those of you who don't know, my wife and I've been married eight years. Praise right. the Lord for that. Um so anyway, we're talking about uh this idea of how we know people have too much time on their hands. Cause I don't want to sound like I just never do anything fun. Cause I do, but people often say, I finished that new show. I'm like, how in the world have you had time? Mm-hmm. You've got kids, you've got this, like, I don't know. How do you find time to finish it already? I'm not saying you're not watching it. I'm watching the same show. I'm not even halfway through it. Mm-hmm. Like these indicators like of time whole lot just and to get how. There. <laughs> so when people say, "Well, we ain't got time to do this," no, you have time for what you want. <clears throat> we, if we want to get honest. We have time for what we want. So if this is biblicalness right here, if this is what we should be doing to fight for fellowship, yeah. then this issue of time, we got to get real with ourselves and say, "No, we've got time. We just don't want to make the time for this." Yeah. Time is life. There yes. was a there was a guy who wrote a book years ago, and he used to do this seminar on time management, personal management. He said, time management is personal management. And, but, he, but the name of his seminar in his book was uh, Your Time and Your Life. And that, is, that goes right with this. Time is the passage of life. Hmm. And so I, I was, Pam and I were, were talking about some responsibility she has around the holidays to help a particular couple. And so she, she said, I'm going to go on this day. Well, I said, did you hear what happened to so-and-so in our church? Well, this person had an accident. Yep. We don't believe in accidents, but you I know what I mean. She yeah. was hurt. Yep. But then it got worse. Right. We just found out he got yeah. worse. I know what you're talking about. So I told her, well, she didn't know. She said, eh, maybe maybe I need to do that, go help her that day. And then flip it around. Can, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is living life in the church. Mm-hmm. This is that was I didn't say, oh, you know, Pam, maybe I, she thought of it. And this is the way it ought to be. How can I make it happen? We had the same conversation over the weekend. My wife and I are there's like so many meal trains that went out yep. here recently in our yep. church. People had babies, somebody physically, two people physically just yeah. Things happened that would yeah. be on their control, and now they're out of commission, and life just totally upheaval for them, especially at this time of the year. And Michelle goes, "I got, I got to." We just talked about how we figure out how to do all this. Yeah, you know. Now you can't do it all. I, we're not. You can't propagating this, spinning yourself to the point where you're stressed out, and you're not, you do have your own family to take care of, and, and we understand that. Plan it. But if you've got time to finish a television show, yeah, you've got time, right? Exactly. Because how important is this individual who needs you yeah. during this very difficult time in their life or the show? And I'm only using this. You might have something else that occupies Whatever. your time. Yeah. But the two and the significance of the two need to be compared, yeah. and they need to be weighed in the balance. I was a staff person during my seminary years. Now, if anybody knows anything about seminary, <laughs> I was taking a full load, <clears throat> and it was busy. Right. I had just gotten married, and I was part-time staff. And 
my pastor would say something, and, and I wasn't really on good terms with my pastor and didn't really have a lot of respect for him at the time. But he said this, and he was right. He said, I said something about not having time. He said, you know, Charles, we all say that a lot. It's but, true. You know, we, we, we probably ought to think about when we say that. And he was right. I've, I've never forgotten that. Hmm. It challenged me to weigh that. And I'm not saying I've lived it perfectly since, right. but all of us should weigh the use of that term. How do we use our time? Is our life, our time invested in the church? Well, I know we'll repeat this probably when we end part two. But something you said I want to repeat here, all the things above equal, all the things we've talked about being equal above, this is body life. It is. This is, this and, is and the body of Christ. And in order to Christ. do them, to engage in them, you've got to fight for it. It's got to be important to you. I often tell people when I'm having a discussion about the church, if you don't love the people of God, <clears throat> if you don't love his people, his church, and you want to have all things common with them, then I question whether yep. you love God. We invest in what's important yeah. to us. Yeah. yeah. Where your treasures are your heart be. What, what did he tell his disciples? You love me? Keep my commandments. Yep. He says, you love me? Feed my sheep. I really think when you write that check for your tithe, or when right. you give a little less, there's a, a reason more. for but it. when you write yeah. that check, you're saying, this is where my heart is. Yeah. Lord, help us to do it. Amen to that. Well, we'll pick this back up on part two. Thanks for joining us. Good to be back with you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk the gospel for today and beyond.